What's up, millionaires, especially for all of you out there that have been exploring the endless opportunities of starting your own podcast. I think it's only right I tell you about Anchor because I use Anchor to host my own podcast, The Million Dollar Mind, and not just because it's free like all hosting platforms should be, but Anchor offers unlimited space for content, free distribution on major platforms like your Apple, Spotify, Google, etc., free mobile and desktop recording tools. And the best part is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. To learn more about Anchor, be sure to visit anchor.fm or follow the link in the show notes. I'll see you there. What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, episode 114 on spinning yourself out of any problem. Welcome back, millionaires, to a, yet another episode of the Million Dollar Mind podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the spin method of sales, selling. I mean, and even if you're not in sales, you can really use these methods for just problem solving altogether and altogether. And we could all use some better problem solving skills, right? But before we get into today's episode, I definitely want to encourage you all. If you are enjoying the Million Dollar Mind podcast, you're enjoying the topics, you're enjoying our guests, you're enjoying me and you're loving the show, make sure that you take at least one minute to go leave us an honest review and a rating on whatever platform you are listening to us on to show your appreciation for the show. And that way we can just get some ideas and and just some feedback on how you guys are really enjoying this. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mind podcast. I'm your guy Kai Speaks, and this is the number one passion and attraction podcast in the world. Of course, thanks to each and every one of you. This is also the only place, right, for tips and tricks on identifying your passions and attracting opportunities to make a living while living your dreams. You ever just get yourself into a jam or a pickle or in a tough situation where you find yourself in the middle of being right, being wrong, supporting this side, supporting that side? And really just trying to figure out how you can mediate or divolve or dissolve a situation. Right. And the more you talk, sometimes the deeper the hole you dig in most cases. I know that sometimes is the case for me. You know, the more we try to talk our way out of it, we actually talk ourselves into a deeper hole. And that can be very difficult to, you know, climb out of that hole once you have dug the hole so deep. So you learn quickly that it wasn't anything you could have said which is why you realize that talking actually got you deeper in in, in the first place. So it wasn't necessarily anything you could have said to make the situation better. Instead, you needed the other person to identify and say the problems themselves so that you can better find the solution or even have them tell you the solution themselves. And it's all about asking the right questions, which is why uh, we're even into this uh, this conversation today, talking about spinning yourself out of every problem. Spin method has been a method that has been around since the mid to late 80s. And it really like changed the game as far as like how sales professionals were, you know, understanding how to get sales. Right. And it's important that now we also understand, because I think some of us still have this idea of like why they don't want to get into sales because they don't want to, you know, get into the sleazy, uh, cheesy, slick talking catchphrases and, you know, just like wolf, wolf on Wall Street type of sales. Right. And it's not necessarily what sales is anymore. 
Sales is more of taking the problem solving approach slash consultative approach, really listening to the problems of your um, of your client, of your person, of your partner, whoever it may be that's on the other side of this wall, this invisible wall that is the problem that needs to be solved, right? It's more so about just talking them through the problem, identifying what the core problem is, and then figuring out what the best solution is at the end of the day. Because even outside of sales, I mean, can we all admit we can use the same method for just conflict resolution in general? I mean, once I learned that sales, well, I actually started becoming very good at sales when I stopped thinking that sales was just this slick talking Oh yeah, I could get you that on whatever you need. And you know, like that, that, um, that very methodical way of, of just slick talking a person into getting something cause they don't understand where now I'm learning that is more so about making sure they do understand, but not only that they understand, but they say the solution themselves and they are, they alone without you. Well, with you asking the right questions, but they come to the solution themselves and they identify what the core problem is and they identify what the pains are of that problem as well. Right. A really good question trumps a really good response. Anytime. I promise you like a person can say something and you may be really good at handling objections. You may be really good at you know, smooth talking your way out of situations. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at that myself. Right. Which is why I kind of naturally was good at sales, but being naturally good at sales and having a fundamental, uh, skill set of understanding what this spin method is, it was night and day as far as my results. So, I mean, you can be really good at responding to objections and handling phones and things like that, but a good question always trumps a good response. And we're going to talk about how, right? So what does spin even mean? Right. You keep hearing me say spin that spin, spin your way out of a problem. Well, spin is a um, what do they call that? You know, guys, don't you hate when you draw a blank when you're in the middle of talking? Like I literally had I'm, I'm no English professor. So it's like it's literally an acronym. That's the word. It's an acronym for different phases of a call or of a conversation that you may go through and you may not always go through all four phases in one call or one sitting or one conversation. Right. But you definitely want to get through all four phases to identify the problem. It is, um, well, identify the core problem and come to a solution. It is imperative that you come to all four phases, but that first phase, the very, uh, you know, top layer, top level phase that you are always going to enter in the beginning of the call and the beginning, the beginning of the interaction is going to be the situational phase. And what the situational phase is, this is the phase where you focus on gathering intel, gathering information, trying to figure out what the quote unquote situation is. That's why it's the situational phase. You're going to be asking a lot of questions like who, what, where, right? A lot of these questions like who is the person that typically handles this? What do you typically do in this situation? Where did you first find out? Where are you trying to move in after this? Right. If we're talking about homes. OK, got it. Have you already thought about where you want to move when you sell your home? Like that's, that's all situational. Right. These are all the situational questions. And it's imperative that you want to start thinking about good situational questions, especially if you're in a role, a uh, human resources role or sales roles where a lot of your conversations can be repetitive. Right. The what stays the same, but the who just changes, then it's definitely good to get a question bank of some very good 
like in every phase, you want to have a set of questions that you can always rely on to get you a good response. Okay. The second phase is your P, the problem phase. This is where you identify the pain of the client. You're starting to figure out, okay, the reason why they don't know where they want to move yet is because they don't even have the money to even do to, you know, to do the transition. These types of things are uncovered in the problem phase. And it's all about, again, asking great questions. So you can ask questions like, how long do you think it will take you to move? How long typically, you know, if they say one month, okay, you can, you can assume that they pretty much have the financial needs and means to, you know, handle something that quickly if they can move in a month. But if they say something like, six months to a year. Now the trigger, like I'm like triggered now. I'm like, okay, why would it, if you're thinking about selling your home, why would it take you six months to move everything out of the home? Have you started looking right? Uh, is it a money thing? Is it movers? Like, what is it? Right? So how long is always going to be a good question? When is also a good question and why is a great question. Sometimes, uh, and sometimes it could be as simple as saying, why, why haven't you, um, told your tenants that you were planning on selling a home. Why haven't you started looking for other jobs? Why haven't you done this or done that? And it's just, it, and it's like a good way when you ask why sometimes people just answer and they don't even think about the why themselves. So you asking why is going to make them really think about the problem. And now it's an easy transition it's an easy transition into your next phase, which is the implication phase, right? And the reason why it's called implication, because you want to think of the word imply. You want to imply a lot, right? You want them to think what next? Like you want them to now, once they identify the problem, you want them to think about what other things can come next if this problem continues, if this pain continues, right? If uh, you know, right. So how long haven't your, how long have your tenants not been paying rent? That's the problem question, right? The the next question is, well, if your tenants aren't continuing to pay rent, you know, does that leave you to, you know, come out of pocket on the mortgage or to come out of pocket on the utilities and things like that? What, how, how long do you think you can sustain that? These are, that's a good implication question. Cause now you're making them think like, well, damn, if my tenants continue to not pay rent, that does leave me with, paying this $700 mortgage that I wasn't paying for a year. Now I have to cough up $700 now instead of cash flowing three, $400. Now I'm coming out of pocket $700 on top of the utilities that they're not paying rent. I mean, I can only imagine how the, the late fees that might've built up on the utility. So now they enter this rabbit hole of thinking, what if, what if this continues? Am I prepared to go down that rabbit hole of this pain uh, and all these implications that can come with this pain continuing for the next three, four, 12 months. Right. So that's a great one. That's a great one. I'm actually, I'm starting to become more and more fond of implication questions because I get a chance to, uh, basically tell them what's going to happen if it continues. But by asking it as a question, they say it themselves. And that's the, um, that's the whole point. Like you want, you want to, these questions are what pull the answers and responses out of your client, out of your customer, out of your partner, 
so that they understand that this needs to change. And I'm, and now I'm, I'm better understanding what the problem is myself so I can communicate to you so that we can come to a solution together, which is always, always, always good, especially when we're dealing with partnerships and relationships and things like that as well. The next one is your need payoff, need payoff. It sounds a little tricky, but it's actually very simple. It's just a solution disguised as a question. That's all it is. Right. And it sounds like questions like this. Would it help if I could help your tenants, you know, move and transition? And, you know, we wait until closing so that you don't have to let them know that you're selling the property. Wouldn't it be easier if you just went ahead and evicted them since they're not uh, since they're not paying rent? Right. These are very borderline, you know. Uh, need payoff questions. A need payoff question is definitely probably one of the harder questions to form and definitely have a question bank of because you're relying on the core problem to reveal itself to you before you can, you know, come up with that need payoff question. Need payoff is definitely the phase where it takes you to get all the way through the call, all the way through to the all three phases so that you can get that practice in asking quality uh, need payoff questions. Right. But it's definitely something that you're going to want to practice on. And, you know, just just jump in the waters. Right. Don't don't wait. You know, continue to do research outside of this episode. It's called spin method. There's books, there's articles, there's YouTube videos. There's a ton of content on spin methodology that you can look into today after this episode and really just better understand what each phase is, how important each phase is and the other types of questions that may be more relatable to your industry. Because naturally, I'm going to give you a lot of questions that I typically ask, which is real estate problem solving, you know, with my, with my students and things like that. So definitely want to continue learning never stops. And that's what, that's the mindset that we have to carry that learning never stops. And the most successful problem solvers, AKA successful business owners, CEOs, sales reps, partners, etc., They learn to ask really good questions and then shut up. Sometimes we ask a really good question and then we continue to talk where the person even forgot what the question is. And another thing, you know, just shutting up is so strong. Silence is golden. I know we heard people say that before. Silence is golden. And I've learned that so quickly. Like when you drop a price on somebody, you got to give them time to think about what that even means. Right. You can't say, yup, is uh, the package is $19.99 and that's going to come with X, Y, Z and you're going to get A, B, C and all this other stuff. You start talking in circles and they forgot what the price was again and, and, and they didn't really get a chance to react. You didn't even get a chance to get an idea of what their comfort level was with that price. But instead, if you say, yeah, we're going to offer you, uh, we're going to offer you 110 for your home. Shut up. And don't talk until they actually ask you a question that you need to answer. Cause some people think, you know, it's time to talk when they say, Oh, 110. And then, yeah, you start talking again. Nope. That wasn't a question. That was them just repeating. That was them mirroring you. But all you got to do is say, yep, 110, shut up. So ask really good questions, make really good statements, make powerful statements, drop the bomb and shut up. Because it gives them time to think, it gives them time to respond. And that's what you're looking for. The, the goal at the end of the day with sales and problem solving is to listen more and talk less. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot produce solutions to people. You cannot provide what people are looking for if you don't give them an opportunity to tell you. 
if we're just doing a whole lot of assuming. And that's what I thought sales was at first. And so did a lot of people that I work with. We just assumed that it was just talk, 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 give them the price, get them to sign up. And at the end of the day, your your success rate, if you were really good at talk, talk, talking, you know, then you can get, you know, one out of four people to, to sign up for your services. But when you learn how to problem solve, then that one out of four turns into three out of four, like just that easily. So you defeat the purpose if you're not going to listen. Poor listening equals poor questions. And again, so the more you're talking, you don't even have a good idea of some good questions you can ask. Because and your questions are going to come off as stupid, disrespectful, sometimes um, dismissive, even and just poor quality questions like quality, like questions that often get a yes or no response because you you weren't listening long enough to get the context. I just hit the hell out of this uh, this mic. You, you weren't listening long enough to get the context. So that you can ask a great question to get the content you need to provide the solution and to mold the solution around what they're looking for. Right. So think of a recent problem that you needed to solve and think of which questions would have helped you better identify the problem in the first place. Wouldn't it be much easier than guessing what the problem is? If you can get that person to literally tell you what the problem is, don't we think that that would be much easier than trying to guess what the problem is? Right. Not all problems that people present are clear, but the spin method brings clarity to problems. It, it peels the onion back slowly to where you and the person, um, that's, that's the onion start to cry, right? Literally and figuratively. So, uh, a little quick pro tip for today in repetitive roles, like I mentioned, it would be wise to have a question bank. And in that need payoff, the more you do it, the more you start to figure out what need payoff questions are the best ones to ask. But again, that's going to be hard to do because need payoff is solely molded off of you being able to successfully pull the problem, the core problem that is from your client. And as always, guys, this was not not meant to be a long episode whatsoever, but I am super thankful. As I always mentioned, to have you all part of the show. So I want to thank you in advance for becoming the change agents. That you will become, especially if you apply the listening skills and the spin method to your, your, you know, on your day to day basis so that you can become better problem solvers yourself. And I hope you are continuing to enjoy the show. And I would really appreciate, as I mentioned in the beginning, if you all could just share your enthusiasm with me by leaving us an honest review and rating of the show so far. It takes one minute and your feedback goes a long, long way for bringing new ideas to the show and topics that could, you know, help the next millionaire out there. That is listening. You may even, you know, be very knowledgeable as well. Leave me a voice memo and tell me, you know, what you would love to hear. And we might even get you on the show. Who knows? Anything, anything is possible. But I would love to hear from you guys. Nonetheless, with that being said, just remember to keep focused, build momentum and drive results so that you can live abundantly. Peace. Hey guys, so thanks to you all, the Million Dollar Mind podcast has went global. The number one passion and attraction podcast in the world right now, with huge support from the UK, Ireland, France, Belgium, Tanzania, and of course the United States. With this accomplishment, we are getting bigger and better than ever. Now that said, 
We are soon incorporating video production and YouTube platform to the show so you guys can witness the podcast in full effect. You can now become a supporter of the Million Dollar Mind podcast by visiting the link in the description below. Share your support with me via email and you will receive a free gift. Tis the season to give. Peace.